from the Australian Taxpayers Alliance, this is Taxed and Wasted, a podcast about tax, regulation, and waste. I'm your host, Emilio Garcia. Hello and welcome to Taxed and Wasted by the Australian Taxpayers Alliance. I'm Emilio Garcia. Thank you for joining us. Uh, first of all, I'm so sorry that we're a day late on the podcast, but things have been very crazy with all the, with all the news, so we had to push that back uh, one day. I have a couple of announcements to make before we get into the meat of it, into the meat of the podcast. Obviously, it's going to be, unsurprisingly, I'm sure for you, uh, it's going to revolve around corona, uh, coronavirus. Uh, a couple of things, though. The first, the Friedman Conference is going viral. So we are not going to be meeting at UTS as we regularly do. Instead, we're going to uh, see each other online. And this is, this is you know, a, a way to make sure that we don't have to push it off until 2021. We definitely want to have this exchange of ideas. But luckily, this gives us a fair amount of flexibility because uh, a lot of the speakers that we, uh, that we wouldn't have had otherwise because we, we couldn't coordinate uh, flying them in uh, might be available now. Uh, which is good. So please let us know if you have any uh, speakers that you'd like to hear speak at the Friedman Conference uh, virtually. Uh, Also let us know if you have any topics that you'd like discussed or any seminars that you think would be interesting uh, for the participants. We're open to ideas and we'll be seeing you then. Please go to taxpayers.org.au and you can see more about uh, more information about the conference there. Another quick piece of news. Uh, Brian Marlowe and I, the executive director, since we are working from home, will be, uh, from our own homes, uh, will be able to uh, bring you a little bit more news a little bit more frequently. And we think it's necessary considering the fast-moving nature of today's news. So expect to see us more often in your podcast news feeds or on YouTube and Facebook if that's how you get this podcast. Moving on to the coronavirus news. So... The MyGov website crashed yesterday, uh, so that would be Monday. We're, it's currently uh, it's, it's Tuesday now. Uh, you'll be getting this on Wednesday. But essentially, the, the MyGov website crashed. Uh, obviously, a lot of people were flocking to MyGov to see what their entitlements are because they're job insecure. And rumors were spreading that there was a cyber attack that was responsible for this. Uh, but we find out today that, in fact, it was not a cyber attack. But... <laughs> Uh, 100,000 people tried to get on MyGov at the same time, and that crashed the system irreparably for many hours. I just want to put this in context. I mean, we're a country of 25 million people. This is a government website. It's essentially the hub for government services for people. I mean, this was this was rolled out as being, uh, you know, this cutting-edge technology for, for citizens to access their government services, and 100,000 people shut it down. That's ridiculous. Just for some context, I mean, the Australian Taxpayers Alliance website could easily handle 100,000 visitors at a time. We don't get that, but if we wanted to, we could. Uh, So yeah, you know, once again, our hats go off to government for their inefficiencies. Uh, Emily Dye, I'm going to be talking about her for a little bit. She put out uh, two pieces of analysis that are fantastic about uh, ScoMo's COVID-19 plan, his stimulus plan. The first piece of information is that the plan costs every single Australian $7,560. 
uh, interesting. I mean, it's uh, every taxpayer is on the is you know footing the bill for seventy five thousand uh, for seven thousand five hundred and sixty dollars, and um, and putting it into this plan. Now the plan is a one hundred and eighty nine billion dollar plan, which is the largest in history. And the question this begs the question. Okay, let's say these are uncertain economic times. Is seven thousand five hundred and sixty dollars per taxpayer uh, worth it? So this brings me to another piece uh, written by Emily Dye. Emily Dye wrote um, in the Spectator the um, the article I believe is called uh, it's skipping my mind right now. I believe it's a Taxpayer's Guide to Scomo Stimulus Plan, and and it's 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 a really it's a really interesting read. It's very well done. I'm not going to go through the entirety of it, but I recommend that you go read it. But I'll go through a little bit of it. Uh, so she brings up the fact that uh, that's, that we're going to have a $750 um, check go out to pensioners and Social Security recipients. We already knew that. But it's been extended to cover veterans and concession holders uh, and, and Social Security recipients as well. Pardon me. We also have uh, the plan targeting pensioners, job seekers, and welfare recipients, as well as doubling New start, and one of the points that she brings up, and I agree with her, is: is this really the best allocation of uh, funds to keep the economy going? Uh, you know, when it comes to pensioners, for example, it, it almost seems irresponsible. Pensioners are in the age group that is most uh, vulnerable to the coronavirus in terms of mortality, and our solution is: here, take some money and don't save it go and spend it that seems that just seems irresponsible uh but that that's been decided for some reason uh but another thing is that we're um we're giving all this money to welfare recipients and job seekers so people that aren't working and the thing is how is this meant to stimulate the economy in any real way what we're seeing at the moment is that a lot of people have lost their source of income their primary source of income have seen it reduced or are insecure about it. And it would seem like if you are going to allocate any money, uh, any payouts this way, and the, the debate is open as, as uh, if you should, why wouldn't you give it to people who have been working and have been producing and uh, are contributing to the, to the momentum of the economy instead of giving it to people who have seen no reduction in their hours worked because they don't work? Uh, it seems odd, but of course they've, They've done that, that's part of the plan, and nothing much we can do about it now. But there is some good news in the plan. Uh, contractors can pull up to $10,000 from their superannuation tax-free. Thank God. Now, should contractors be forced to put money into their own super? Well, no, no one should be forced to save money uh, because it's their money. People should be able to spend exactly however they see fit, not to mention the fact that uh, the government is also taxing uh, superannuation, so that's not fair. And you're also forcing people to put money into superannuation funds. Uh, a lot of them, a lot of who uh, are politically connected, uh, leaning many of them uh, strongly to the left. I think we've all seen the global, uh, the, the the climate catastrophe uh, superannuation posters around uh, our city. If if we live in a big city like Sydney or Melbourne, if you haven't seen them because you're you're somewhere smaller. Um, I'm jealous, <laughs> but uh, it's it's not great that we're that we're forced to give money to people who have political affiliations, and we shouldn't be forced to give money to anyone really. 
but that's that's a very good step in the right direction. I, I got sidetracked there. Sorry, I, I was thinking about other things. But um, it, it's good that contractors can pull $10,000 out of their super. We believe that a really good step in the right direction would be for everyone to be able to pull out money out of their uh, out of their superannuation because it's their money. They're saving it, and in these uncertain times, that's that's what savings are for. Sure, I mean you can save for retirement, but we need money now. <laughs> We're not retiring. We need the money. So hopefully, uh, hopefully that will be extended. But for now, that's how it is. Another part of Scomo's plan is that there will be grants for uh, medium and small employers. Uh, between $20,000 and $100,000 grants. So this program is funded to the tune of $31.9 billion, and SCOMO claims that uh, 720,000 employers will be benefited by this. Now, currently, this, uh, this part of the plan makes up 16% of the funding. So of the $189 billion that make up the whole plan, 31.9 billion uh, for the grants is 16% of the plan. Here's the issue. If every single employer got $100,000, so the maximum, it would still make up less than 40%, which begs the question, is this plan really <laughs> lucid? Is it effective? Does it make sense? If the idea is to counteract the economic effects of this, essentially businesses closing, a lot of them at the behest of the government, to make less than 40% of the plan about them. It's really, and it's not even 40%, sorry, that would be the best case scenario. Not, the, not I mean, the, the, whatever political opinions you have on, on giving grants to businesses, uh, that's up to you. But let's say that we agreed that that was the proper thing to do. Probably 40% would be way too low, let alone 16. Uh, so obviously this uh, hopefully will save some businesses from going under, at least assist some in, uh, in scraping by, but mm, not great, not great. And the last piece that I want to talk on, again, this is not the entirety of his plan. If you want a really good in-depth analysis, go to Emily Dye's Spectator article. But we have the government assuring, uh, putting down $20 billion to guarantee half of the value of certain loans uh, from banks to struggling businesses. So the idea here is basically, we have this uh, pot of gold here, please give money to these struggling businesses, even if it's you know uh, uncertain how, they be able, how they'll be able to pay back. Um, and if they can't, then we'll, we'll actually uh, cover it. Now that sounds okay, but if you think about it from the bank's point of view, what you're doing is you're lessening the burden on the businesses to actually pay back their loans. Essentially, I now know that the government is guaranteeing my loan for default. So I don't really, I, 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 the pressure is not on me as much to pay back the bank. And let's say only, only a few of the business owners were thinking that way, that still is a disincentive broadly from the banks to give out these loans because there's a higher risk of default. So, um, not, uh, you know, this could actually backfire. Well, it's, it, you know, it's always hard to tell. It could be the case that this is uh, very successful. Maybe, we'll see, I doubt it, but hopefully it will be successful, probably not. Um, and this 20 billion, of course, it's important to note, goes on top of the $90 billion the Reserve Bank has allocated for quantitative easing. 
So that's, uh, that's the analysis of the plan that has been put out. Um, but we decided at the Australian Taxpayers Alliance that it would be important for us to say what we think should be done. And we did. So we, we put together the Combat Coronavirus Australia Plan, the CCA, a five-step economic reaction plan to the COVID-19 slowdown. And I'm going to take you through it. It's going to be quick, but I think that this emphasizes uh, more or less what we're thinking is important to get Australia's economy back on track. The first is pause payroll tax completely across the board everywhere. In these times, there is absolutely no reason for the government to make employing people more expensive. Businesses don't even know how long they have to close for. It might be a week, it might be a month, it might be six months. We have, they have no idea. And we want to incentivize them to keep people paid. So to continue to charge them, to find them for every job that they've created is, is absurd. So that should definitely be relinquished right now. Apparently, uh, another piece of analysis on behalf of Emily Dye is that by eliminating payroll tax, many employers would have enough money for one whole new salaried employee full-time. So that's a, that's a, that's a really important uh that's a really important step. Step two is to focus on contractors. So the uh, SCOMO's plan already does something great, which is uh, allowing uh, contractors to go into their super. Fantastic. But we need to do something more for contractors, and that is to offset their obligations. So the ATO should definitely push back uh, the tax day for contractors till at least, at least the end of the financial year. And this is uh, the reason for this is because then that gives contractors more operating expenses. They 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 can they can dip into that uh, pot of honey that they had saved up for taxes to make sure that they're able to keep their head above water until this coronavirus debacle uh, is over or has at least settled down. I think this is hugely important. Uh, three, give business a break. We need to cut the corporate tax rate. And we need to do this because we need to make sure that all these businesses that are struggling to keep their head above water uh, don't have to factor in such a huge inordinate tax rate on top of everything, every other operating expense they have. Employees, um, just uh, why go through every part of what businesses spend money on? You know what it is. Uh, it just makes no sense. So we should definitely, definitely give business a break and make it more viable, not only for them to make a profit, uh, but for them to pay the employees so they can go out there and continue to consume. And speaking of consuming, that brings us to step four. We want to make goods cheaper. How do we make goods cheaper? We completely, we slash the VAT, the value added tax, and we also get rid of the goods and services tax. We need to, if we don't get rid of it, we at least need to reduce it. And a good place to start reducing it is on imports. Now, the really important thing is we need, we really want to incentivize Australians to continue to consume and to purchase and to buy and to transact with each other in these hard times because we, you know, the, the economy has has completely slowed down almost to a standstill, and it's not going to get going again unless people are buying. And one of the great ways to make sure people start buying again is to give them really good prices on things. Right now, I mean, the the, the fact that a lot of uh, what we buy in Australia is so expensive solely due to tax is is really reducing a lot of Australians' ability to, to purchase things. Uh, that's pretty egregious. But now we have a chance to not only push back on a terrible set of taxes, a, a, cocktail, a cocktail of taxes, if you will, 
Um, but it's also the perfect way, to, uh, perfect moment to do it because uh, we're in an economic slowdown and we need to get people buying again. So that's definitely something important. And last but not least, we need to create special recovery zones. This basically means going to a uh, regional, local level and relaxing regulations and putting in place tax incentives. And this is basically to uh, produce more domestic production, to spur more domestic production. I think if one thing we've learned uh, in this whole coronavirus debacle is that while it's great to trade and to import and to export, we do need to have some basic domestic production here in Australia. We cannot be completely privy to the happenings uh, elsewhere. Uh, if something happens in China, that, doesn't, that shouldn't mean that suddenly we don't have access to uh, plastics. That's just, that just is not a sustainable economic model. And to bring a lot of that uh, domestic power into the regional uh, areas of Australia would absolutely be a great thing for Australia, not just now, but in the long term as well. So that's more or less what we, uh, what we wanted to bring to you today. I'll be joined next time by Brian Marlowe. We'll be bringing you some more news. And also uh, stick around for, for next week's episode uh, on, on Tuesday, when I believe we'll be interviewing none other than Amanda Stoker. So that's very exciting. Thank you very much for being with us. Uh, stay safe out there. Uh, I hope that, uh, that, that the impact of coronavirus is minimal in your life. And we'll see you next time.